0: for the people that are listening and they're like I don't like the life I'm living or I'm faking the enjoyment of my life or this looks successful but it doesn't feel successful. We have to begin with defining what is success for you in this stage of life. You know, it, we're in a really polarizing climate across the board, right? And I feel like there's this huge push against like hustle culture, right? I I don't love hustle culture, but hustle is required to get the dream off the ground the problem that I have with hustle culture is that it never ends. There's never enough. You never reach the point of like, and now I can have contentment and peace. And I think that that's what most people are missing.
1: Hello everyone. And welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis live show. You just heard from Jenna Kutcher. Now, Jenna is someone that I have been excited to have on the show for about a year now. She dropped a book a year ago and I missed her on her tour. Um, based on something in my schedule. So we have been working. She's a very busy woman for good reason. She is a force of nature. Uh, She was recently promoting a book called How Are You Really?, Living Your Truth, One Answer at a Time. And from that book and from a whole pile of other work that she's done, including her number one marketing podcast for entrepreneurs, which is called The Gold Digger Podcast, G-O-A-L Digger Podcast. Uh, I've learned a lot from Jenna and I thought, because I have been taking a lot of questions from you in my text community and on social media about how to make sure that you can build a living and a life that you want, without relying, as everyone is sort of becoming more aware on how haphazard social media feels like most people aren't getting the reach that they used to have. And so in this particular episode, we cover a lot of ground, but we definitely talk about how to create and own a community around you and your work, specifically with email. She talks a lot about her. She's got an amazing course that I highly recommend called the List to Launch Lab, Um, So this is a wide-ranging show. We talk a lot about email, a lot about building a living and life that you love, how to do that, how to infuse um, joy and connection and engagement with the community, the people that you're building around your work. It's a great all-around show specifically for you creators, entrepreneurs, people who are looking to build a living and a life that you love. So I'm going to get out of the way and introduce you here again to Jenna Kutcher. Enjoy the show. Jen Kutcher, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, I have to kick off with this story. Chase Jarvis, you have been in my sphere of influence for over a decade, with probably out even knowing this. So, a decade. At, when Jasmine Starr did her restart in studio, I sure. was a wedding photographer that flew from Wisconsin to Seattle to be in the studio audience at no Creative way. Live. Can you no believe way. that
1: in Seattle? You came to that in studio.
0: Seattle and it was like my first work trip I'd ever taken. Like the first time I ever invested into education and I was trying to explain it to my husband. I was like, I just feel like I have to be there. And it was such an amazing experience. So I got to see your team behind the scenes. I got to see the break room. So that was over a decade ago. Isn't that wild? <laughs>
1: oh my God. How much? How many uh, lands have we traversed since then? Oh Both my gosh. Of us. a
0: million, a million. <laughs> That's why when people say overnight success, I'm like more like over decade success. Oh
1: my gosh. I'm going to go back and watch that now. That's what I'm I was gonna in do. the I'm, front row, okay, like a good teacher's pet. <laughs> right.
0: That's
1: a good student right there. I'm going to go back and watch that funny i was just texting with jasmine i will also uh share that with her we will have a good uh, trip down memory lane well welcome back to the show if you could say you were up here because this is you know back to seattle i'm recording in seattle today where are you are you in wisconsin
0: i'm in minnesota now we live up in duluth minnesota right off of lake superior
1: love it it's beautiful up there i've got one of my college roommates is basically tries to drag me to the boundary waters Yes, like every summer, all my yes. Minnesota friends say are yes, very passionate <laughs> about it. Um, well, safe to say, you know, I, I made adjusted that we have traversed a million miles, uh, separately and, and in some ways together to get to where we are. And, uh, you know, having seen so many things come out of your camp, you personally, and I know you, you, work extremely hard and it is a it's not without a lot of um accolade you have gosh books podcasts programs you get your own educational series now i mean and when we think about a decade most people that i i run around with we underestimate or sorry we overestimate what's doable in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10 years so if you know our original crossing was 10 years ago yeah you have a lot to share and yeah. like so many people who are in our audience i think you define yourself in many ways if you look at all your materials as a solopreneur mom and this is radically inspirational i think we're past the world where we look at tech ceos and get excited about that i mean they're you know whatever they're probably people in the audience but i'd say 95 plus percent of the audience wants to hear how, how to do this. Mm -hmm. And you are a blueprint. You have made an incredible living in a life. And that's why you're on the show today. So I'm wondering if you could start off by, in your words, rather than me telling you all these great things and maybe bringing the audience up to speed with your last decade, maybe you can do that and help us understand a little bit more about Jenna. Jenna.
0: Yes. I'll give you the quick version and then we can dive into any facet that you want to. Love it. Love it. So I graduated college, had this vision of a corner office and, you know, a blazer and high heels, which is hilarious because to this day, the only high heels I own are from my wedding, which was over a decade ago. (laughs) And I landed in a a corporate job, and I will never forget when my boss had this meeting with me, and she so proudly handed me this five-year plan for my life. And never once was I asked, what do you want for yourself? What does this fit with your vision? And it was like she was handing me this gift, but the real gift was in realizing that if I don't take my life into my own hands, someone else is just going to plan it all out for me, and I'm going to wake up five years from now, 10 years from now, a lifetime from now wondering like, was this my plan? Was this what I wanted? And I didn't know how to get out. A lot of my journey has not necessarily been chasing what I want, but going and moving away from what I no longer want, what no longer serves me. And so when she handed me this five-year plan, I was like, I got to get out of this. Like, this is not what I wanted. This corporate thing, this ladder climb that is endless. And the only way to make more is to work more. And like, that is not what I want. And I remember sitting down at my desk and there was this picture of my soon to be husband. He has this cute little Cindy Crawford mole. And I asked myself, like, do I want to spend my life sitting at this desk, looking at this picture of the person I love, or do I want to figure out a way to do life with this person I love in a different way? And I didn't know it at the time, but a camera was my one-way ticket out of that office. And I had never taken an art class. I had never dreamt of being a photographer, like telling my parents, like, I think I'm going to make a go and I think I'm going to be a photographer and this is what it is. And, and Jasmine Starr was like this pinnacle for me of someone who had done that, like law school to becoming a photographer. It was like, it had been done. And there's so much power in sharing our stories in this way, because seeing her gave me this vision of like, and I can do this too. And so I became a wedding photographer And I had burned the candle on both ends. So I was building my business, working this corporate job. I didn't just abandon everything to chase this thing with reckless abandon. I was really thoughtful. I think there are some people who are like, jump and the net will appear. And there are others who are like, let me weave the net before I make the leap. And that was me. And so within a year, I was able to leave and become a wedding photographer. And I had a very successful career in that zone. I loved it. I shot over a hundred weddings. I was so booked. It was amazing until it wasn't. And I just remember so vividly hitting six figures and thinking that this was it. This was going to be the thing. And I think for so many of us, we have these milestones, these goals, these visions that I think are so beautiful and powerful for our lives. But a lot of times when we achieve them, if we get really honest, we find ourselves in these moments of like, is this it? is this what I thought it was going to be? This doesn't feel how I thought it was going to. And so when I hit that moment, I got really honest with myself about what is my currency? Is it time or is it money? And that was when I started to buy back my time. And so since my wedding photography days, we went through um, some fertility challenges that really showed me that I built this amazing business But it couldn't run while I rested. It couldn't run while I had a human moment, while I needed to be in the fetal position and cry. Like I needed to change something about my business. And so that was when I kind of found another fork in the road of like, is there another way? And there was, it was this digital online space. And again, I leveraged where I was at as a wedding photographer to get to where I wanted to go. And so I started a podcast, which is now the number one marketing podcast, Gold Digger Podcast. And I started teaching courses and I started growing an email list and I started doing all these other things. And so today where you can find me is most days I'm with my children, I love the work that I do, but I love the life I live even more. And I just feel like I'm in this beautiful place where I get to earn a living making an impact, but I also get to live a life that. Feels even better than it looks online, and I've been able to do that through books, courses, podcasts, and all those things, all from the comfort of my own home, and all in yoga pants, which is exactly what I have on today as we speak.
1: <laughs> comfy pants, I see. That's that as right. That's a prerequisite. For That's you. right. Can you make a business out of this? Well, only if I'm in comfy pants. So, <laughs> one of the things I have to deconstruct a couple of the things yeah. you said there. So, I I always try and put you know I'm, there's there's two parts of the show. there's the selfish part, which yeah. I love learning from my guests and being inspired and then there's the piece of me, which is like, okay, there's you know a big pile of people on the other end of the phone here listening to our yeah. conversation or watching it via video and let's put ourselves in their shoes and again i really think it's in that you know in the ninety percentile of people who, when they hear that you can actually create a living and a life that checks the boxes that you feel like you need checked to that drive impact, fulfillment, connection with your life. And you can have the time, the space to live this one precious life by your rules, according to your values. I, I don't think that anyone who's listening doesn't want that, but yeah, most people have no idea where to start, mm-hmm. and so I would like to start there today yeah. with you because you said so. I pivoted from being a wedding photographer. I the first thing you said is I started a podcast, and then you went on to talk about books and courses, and, yeah, and these other you know building. I think a community around your work, which is yeah. something I'm very, very passionate about. We did it with Creative Live. I've done it a couple other times with different different businesses, my own photography business, as an example. So I want to touch on a couple of these. I will call yeah. them like cornerstones on how you did this like piece by piece. Yep. I do want to talk about building a customer base and email list specifically, but you mentioned the podcast first and yeah. I'm envisioning Jenna I want to know what X, you're envisioning. X number of years ago saying, <laughs> "Yep. Okay, here I am. I'm yep. in this particular lane." Yep. And I want to get to this lane. Yeah. And it's not as simple as turning on your blinker. No. Or is no. it?
0: No. So okay. Okay, so let's start here. For the people that are listening and they're like, "I don't like the life I'm living or I'm faking the enjoyment of my life or this looks successful but it doesn't feel successful." We have to begin with defining what is success for you in this stage of life. You know, it, we're in a really polarizing climate across the board, right? And I feel like there's this huge push against like hustle culture, right? I I don't love hustle culture, but hustle is required to get the dream off the ground. The problem that I have with hustle culture is that it never ends. There's never enough. You never reach the point of like, and now I can have contentment and peace. And I think that that's what most people are missing. And so what's interesting, Chase, is that most of the time I wasn't like, Hey, I want to get out of the photography world. So I'm going to start this podcast and this is how it's all going to go. It was like, I need to build something that I can step away from and it can still run. What is that going to be? And what was really interesting is that I was a user. I was a podcast listener. I will never forget listening to a podcast done by now one of my best friends, Amy Porterfield. And she was talking about something she was going to sell. And I was like, take my money. Like I was in the shower and I was like, if I could hand you my credit card right now, because I built such a level of trust just through listening to her. And so that was the day I literally reached out of the shower, grabbed my phone, sent my assistant. I had one team member at the time, a part-time virtual assistant. And I said, I think I'm going to start a podcast in my off season. And so this was when my wedding photography was slowing down. And I just told her like, we made it through the thick of it. Now we can rest. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and I'm going to start a podcast. And what's interesting about my journey is that I've never done anything perfectly. Like I recorded the first 30 episodes in my parked car in a cold garage in the state of Wisconsin. So my dogs wouldn't bark using iPhone headphones. There was no studio. There was no technology. There was no like... There's just no understanding of the complexities of it because I think complexities cripple us. They keep us paralyzed. And so for me, like I have always done super low production value just so that I can keep showing up because if the goal is comfy pants, then you might be in a closet recording your podcast in comfy pants. But what I think is interesting is that in a society that tells us like, just chase your dreams and go after what you want, so many of us can't even define what it is we want. So maybe we get really clear on what isn't working or what do I no longer want? And we move away from that. And in moving away from that, we start to naturally move towards the things that we wanted because I could have never plot a map this good. Uh, but I could for certain say, I don't want to be in a windowless office anymore. I don't want to be, you know, booking weddings and being gone every weekend and booking my life out two years in advance. Like I just had to move away from the things that weren't working any longer, and guess what? They had worked for a while, so it was never broken. It was always evolving.
1: That always evolving piece, I think, is what um, freaks most people out because mm-hmm. there is no there is no arrival. There's yeah. this vision when we're either sitting on the couch or in the the office with no windows or whatever. Wherever whoever's listening or watching right now may find yourself if this is resonating. You, there is no sort of like
0: we I'm made done. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: done. And it's it's a series of becomings, right? It's a series of learning and actually unlearning. And, you know, as I have prepared for today, just, I love the, the Genesis story of the podcast specifically, right? Like recording it in your car, with yep. your phone, most people think, or they'll listen to, you know, the Huberman show, which has, you know, 10 researchers working in his lab and a yes. production staff. And yes. And they think that that is how you start. And yeah. nobody oh, gosh, that no. I know, nobody that I know started that way. And yet people desire that. Ironically, what they're desiring there is a a point that's so far off that it paralyzes us, as you said. Yeah. So your first 10 episodes, describe them.
0: Well, well, wait, like? I I even need to say this, Chase. I okay. had the number one marketing podcast in the world, and I recorded it from a spare closet up until a few months ago. I'm talking spare closet with boxes that say random shit. I don't know if you can <laughs> swear on this podcast. <laughs> you can swear on this uh, podcast. There was stuff that I had never, I mean that, and that was how I did things because it was the only way that I could show up consistently. I don't love wearing makeup. I don't have perfect lighting and, and we had to grow into this different stage, but I knew that if I was going to show up consistently, I had to do it in a way that worked for me. And it was audio only stand in the closet, kick the kids out of the house, pray the dogs don't bark and go. And so it, it, I mean, that was literally hundreds of episodes recorded in that method because a lot of times what we see works for other people doesn't resonate with us it's not yeah. something we want to follow through on it's not something that excites us and mm-hmm. so one thing that i often had to do and and you'll relate to this as a wedding photographer is I have to reverse engineer. Am I willing to do what someone else did to get to where they are? I remember looking at this amazing photographer. She shot this beautiful wedding in Paris and I was like, oh, that is the dream. And then I reverse engineered and I was like, she had to huff through the airports. She is like totally sleep deprived. She has to edit all these images. She's away from her family. She had to get her passport renewed. She had to get in the Uber at five in the morning. Am I willing to do that? Wow. Suddenly that dream is not so shiny anymore. Maybe the dream is photographing the wedding at the local, you know, center so that you can be home in time for dinner with your kids. Like, and so it's like that realignment in a world that is so shiny. It's like, is that actually for me? Is that what success looks like for me? And I think oftentimes we get so captivated by what things look like that we forget what does that actually feel like?
1: Yeah. So there is a gap between seeing these shiny things out there and learning to listen to yourself yes how how did you (laughs) how would you how did you do it first of all and then if there is an opportunity to save some folks from some of the wrong turns that you made because we all make them
0: yeah yeah
1: what would what advice would you give on how to listen to the things that you truly want, because you see the Paris thing and that hits, there's a little dopamine kick, mm-hmm. that, that little dopamine kick says, I want that. And then we end up lusting for this, but we haven't really thought about it. So yeah. help us mm-hmm. fill in this gap of seeing these things and deciding what you actually want from this one precious life.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting, Chase, about a year ago, my book came out and my book is titled, How Are You Really? And that single question is not just one to ask everyone else because it does, it helps you go deep. You know, you get past the pleasantries, the good, busy, fine, and you get into the real stuff. But that has been the question that has been in my life every single day. How am I really? Like, how does this feel today? What does this look like? And it's interesting because so many people expected a business book out of me. I love business. I love oh, marketing. Yeah. Talk Numbers to me and- <laughs> about funnels and, you know, strategy. Like I love that stuff. It lights me up. But I've realized that entrepreneurship isn't a requirement for a full life. It has been my requirement for my full life, but it's not required to be living a life that you're awake to. And when I really got honest about it, my goal of my book was to help people to live their truth, one answer at a time, meaning just like you said, it's not a destination. You don't just arrive. You continuously ask and listen. And we live in a society that we can't even go to the bathroom without scrolling on our phones. We can't be alone with ourselves. There's so much fear because I truly believe that if we ask ourselves that question and we get really honest with the fact that I'm not okay or this isn't right, that we have to then make a change. But the change is where all the magic happens. The change is where we wake up to our lives and we're living this legacy today and not waiting until we're 80 and passing things down to future generations to say, this is what my life's purpose was. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so I have just had to ask my question and, and it started that day that I hit six figures and I thought that confetti would fall from the sky. And I thought that there'd be those gold cellophane balloons that the girls on Instagram have. And like, None of that was there. And all that was there was a number on a computer screen that really meant nothing to the richness of my life. And Mm -hmm. so that was that moment of like, how am I really? Wow. I just hit this milestone and I feel empty. I feel burnt out. I can't imagine doing this for another decade. What next? And so I, I have this practice of every single day and I do this with my friends for every listener out here. If you could do one thing today text three people and say, hey, I'm thinking of you. No need to respond, but if you want to, on a scale of one to 10, where are you at today so that I can show up for you accordingly? If they're a 10, you freaking celebrate with them. You send them all the fun gifts. You rock alongside of them. If there are two, you show up for them. And I think that asking myself and getting really honest, on a scale of one to 10, where am I at today? How do I feel about my work, my life, my health? That has been so transformative for me.
1: So this process of awakening to how you want to show up in the world, starting to do that, understanding, excavating, what are are your your truths, one truth at a time, as you said. And let's go specifically in your case, you decided that you wanted to build a different life than the one you had, one that wasn't booked out two years in advance. What are some very tactical things that you've done? Yeah. Like, you you know, you you realize that you have to, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. What is it that I'm selling? The podcast, obviously. You wanted to grow that. But there's still a gap for our listeners in, you know, you reaching out of the shower and saying, I want to start a podcast and actually where you are today. So fill in some of that black box for us.
0: Yeah. So- Our culture is so quick to abandon what has gotten them to where they are to try to get to where they want to go. And I think that is the number one mistake. So even in in my book, I have this chapter about what is your enough point. And we kind of talked about this with like hustle culture of like where do you draw the line? However, this works in any area. If you have a nine to five, if you have a, a job or if you built a business where you're just working a job for yourself. You still have to have safety and security in order to unlock creativity. I don't believe that creativity can exist if you are working in a state of like, when am I going to make enough to pay my next electric bill? So I always teach people to get so crystal clear, like have a money date where you sit down and you say, this is what I have to do. This is my enough point for me to feel comfortable to make ends meet. And you stop booking any amount of work past that. Like That is the line in the sand. So when I hit six figures, the next day I did something radical. I told my husband. I sat him down at the table overlooking the cornfield in Wisconsin and I said, screw six figures. I was happier when I earned $50,000 a year. I want to go back to that. And something incredible happened. First off, he looked so relieved he looked like he was about to get his wife back like i had been selling him this dream of entrepreneurship when in reality it was like this life of like sleeping with my laptop on my nightstand in case an important email came in and i defined my enough point and i said i know that we can make ends meet pay our student loans do all those things at 50k a year let's let that be the enough point And what happened, Chase, is the year that I cut back to earning 50K a year was the year that I exploded the next aspect of my business, the digital side of my business, because suddenly I had the time again. I had time to be creative, time to explore, time to learn, time to take courses, time to imagine. Like When time became my currency, I earned more money. It was backwards. It wasn't what I had planned. And so for your listeners, if they're listening, they're like, I I don't even know how to get to where I want to go. I would say, figure out what your enough point is. Stop obligating yourself to anything beyond that point and open up your time so that you can use the creativity that exists in you, that is inside of you, that has never left you to figure out what is next. And every time that I've protected my time fiercely, I've exploded my business on the other side of it because I have the bandwidth to think through what do I want, what's next, and step off of the hamster wheel.
1: Yeah. People think that that uh, people who are wealthy, both in in financial terms or in life terms, are wealthy you know, and then they empty their calendar. It's actually the other way around. Wealthy people that I know empty their calendar and that is the basis of their wealth, time and space space. to think and ask yourself meaningful questions of what really do I want and how, if I could map out a life for myself, what would it look like? Those are the things that they just, if without the enough point, you know, uh, Ramit Sethi does this a lot with what is your rich life? If you do not define your bank account, then you know what you wanted to say and what what you want to do with that money you will there will never be enough this is what mm-hmm. you know going back to your book your enough point is something is way mi- radically un or misunderstood yeah did you find that when you when you chose your enough point and you talked about your the digital side of your business exploding yeah. Did you have to really strategize now that my time is limited? Or was there some sort of a natural um did you gravitate toward the the aspects of entrepreneurship that could provide that? You know, it's sort of a chicken or egg, but I'm yeah. curious how you how you solved it.
0: So here's kind of the story. So we had gotten pregnant. And we had lost a baby. And as a wedding photographer, I had a very small window of time that I could plan my future family in because I wanted to not be sick while shooting. I didn't want to be too pregnant. Like I had this window of time. So I was planning the future of my family around my work. And the next year, the same thing happened again. And I had to show up to a wedding and shoot when I was in the deepest, darkest, like cave of my life because that was the business I had built. And so, what's interesting is that I continued to shoot weddings three years after that, but I slowly went from 30 weddings to 15 weddings to eight weddings to four weddings. And then I transitioned out. So, I was still shooting weddings when I was pregnant with my oldest, who's four. So, I was shooting weddings four years ago. It's not that long ago because yeah. I knew that was a stable place that would allow me to hit that enough point and unlock that creativity. And so, for me, Again, there's natural ebbs and flows in every business, in every season, in every area. And so I would kind of ride the wave of stability that gave me then in those slow seasons, not the ability to panic, but the ability to be passionate again. Yeah. And so that really worked well for me.
1: So how are you really was that was very, I mean, a little confession you started out with this confession of 10 years ago you came yes. to Seattle and so our aspiration was to have you on the show when you launched your book it was basically yeah. a year ago right you we're yes. coming up on the yep. anniversary this next week i think if i'm not mistaken and what people didn't know is that the rationale for us not having been able to record that was that was the day that i decided to leave creative live the company that i had built after it had been acquired a year previous and that was the like, can't do this anymore. Yeah. And the irony of doing that li- literally the day before we were supposed to have you on the show and the title of your book, how are you really, I I, I can't just publicly, you know, say this because I've got, there's a whole media plan because the public the company that bought us was public. And so yep. I- 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 it, it was a really interesting Way for me to connect deeply with your work. Mm, I love and so I count that as a blessing because since then I've paid extra attention to what you've been doing. And I want to shift our conversation I, again. I highly recommend the book, How Are You Really? And I want to direct it towards building the life that we want. And we know that most of the people listening to the show are <clears throat> small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And you have begun to develop an addition on the backside of the book, additional information or and or in this case a course, which is really valuable, knowing that I come from a background of that with Creative Live. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about it, because owning your audience and being able to have a real relationship is something that has been largely supplanted for people who don't really dig into the details here. They think it can all happen on social media, but the reality is that's very, very difficult. So I want to get tactical and there are people who want to, that you've hooked them like, okay, cool. I got a little courage going from Jenna here, Yep. but I I know I can record a podcast in my closet, but who are my people? If Mm -hmm. I do want to build a community around my work or my future life, how do I
0: start? Yeah. So it's really interesting because you brought up a really good point I think so many people are so focused on social media. And I love social media. This yeah. is not a this or that. This is a both and conversation. Okay. But if you don't have a direct line to your clients or customers, you don't have a reliable way of making sales. You know, it's interesting because my business would be a fascinating case study because I have pivoted so many times and I will say successfully, I've been able to pivot that many times. And the reason is, is that because I have always had this direct line to people and they have cared more about me than the product, right? They are in this journey with me. I am inviting them in. I'm inviting them into my closet. I'm inviting them into my pregnancy loss. I'm inviting them along the lines, but I am not throwing spaghetti at the wall like social media and hoping it sticks. I am reaching out to the right people at the right time with the right message. And that has changed everything. Like if social media disappeared tomorrow, my business would not change. My business would be so successful. It's crazy too, Chase, because even when my book launched, all of the publishers were like, you know, get on social media, do all these things. And I was like, no, the The secret sauce is if I can get people to email their audiences about my book, that's it. That That is how we sell books because... That is the direct line, the trustworthy line. Think about this. On average, 6 to 10% of your Instagram audience even sees what you're posting. Now think about that 6 to 10%. What percent is even qualified to take action? And of that percentage, what percentage wants to get off of the app that they're sitting on to distract themselves, numb themselves or entertain themselves? They're not going to want to click your link in your bio. They don't to, want to do that right,
1: to to give you their money.
0: Right? And so it's like what's amazing about email as if you think about it, nearly every single subscriber sees what you're doing because it's going to land in their inbox. And now they have the decision do I open it? Do I engage with it? Do I click through it or do I delete it? But you're still present in their lives. You're still nudging them. Reminder I'm still here. I'm still doing this. I'm still showing up. I'm still serving. And so I have been since 2017. Episode number 12 of my podcast talked about the power of email marketing because so many people are entering this shouting match of social media, not recognizing that they are operating and having their business being built on rented space. You do not own Instagram. You do not own your followers. You cannot control the algorithm. You can't control if Instagram goes down during your biggest launch of the year. It is not a reliable way. And I think that the pandemic really helps people see like, I need to be able to get in touch with my people, the people that actually care with important information in a timely manner. And so I, I just love email marketing. I nerd out on it. I know that I love living a full life and all these things, but my full life is fueled by the number one way that I drive profits and results, and that is through my email list. It is the number one priority of our business. It's the number one indicator of the health of our business, and it's the number one way that we show up and impact other people.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So, well, there's two things here, two two forks I want to explore, and I want to cover both of them. You choose which one we cover first. Okay. There is, you've specifically built a course around it, which yeah. I, uh, having done a lot of email through creative live tens of millions of emails sent monthly um i'm aware of what it takes to be good at that and so there are some particulars that i want to explore And your your course is one i would recommend it's called list to launch um the list to launch lab and so i I would like a couple particulars there and and yet i also want Mm -hmm. to understand how you do how you decide the content that you put in there because yeah. it is most people right now are thinking and if i can put my head into the into the heads of so many people when i've you know come off stage speaking somewhere or when i sit down or in these little study groups that we used to do for creative live to learn a little bit about what I yes want. most people are just like yeah but i'm not that interesting or i just have a pretty simple life or i And so I'm imagining there are people that are saying, Well, you know, I'm What would I even send? What would I yeah, what would I send? You know, I don't even Mm -hmm. really it's not that interesting. And then they're comparing again their actual life with the highlight reels that they see on Instagram, which helps, you know, give put them in that sort of negatively oriented space. But so let's talk about the content of what you're sharing. And this is true for your entire profile, but I think sharing in email is a really interesting way. And then there are some tactics Mm. around building, um, you know, right now people are like, okay, cool, I don't want to rely on Instagram, but I don't know where to start.
0: Amen. So it's really interesting. I think that if we stay on the theme of time being our currency, what's amazing is that we have to look at the ROI on all of our time being spent, right? Like I often will do time inventories, like forensic style of like, where are my minutes going? And are they going into places that actually move the needle? And the ROI on email is 42 dollars. So if I were to say, Chase, give me $1 this morning and at the end of the day, I'll give you 42 back. That's what email marketing is. The same is not to be true about social media. And yet most small business owners are spending six hours a week on their social media advertising. It's crazy. So what's really interesting for me is I break down how I think about email marketing into three stages. So strategy, implementation, and then analysis. And I think that those three facets are important no matter what you're learning. So this can be applied to anything that you want to learn. First, understanding and seeing the strategy and figuring out does this work for me? What's going to work for me? Just like I did with the podcast. I don't want to be on video. I can show up in my closet. This is a strategy that will work for me that I can be consistent on. And then implementing how can we get the fastest route to results? Like, what does this look like? How do we do this in a manner that is going to serve us long term? And then analyzing, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss that analysis phase on every aspect of the business. They're on that churn and burn cycle of creating and posting and waiting and creating and posting and waiting. And they're never actually asking, like, how can I optimize? How can I analyze this? How can I make this easier? And if you remember in our conversation, I said, I want to build something that can run while I rest. My email list has fueled that for me time and time again, whether it's a maternity leave, whether it's taking the entire month of August off to be in the glorious Minnesota summers, which we get very short timing of. (laughs) And so my email list fuels that for me. Now, it is so cool to feel boring. In fact, I have felt boring my entire career. So congratulations. We're in a club And it's the club of boring. But what's incredible about email marketing is that it is serving as this reminder of I'm here, I'm showing up, and it can also do a lot of the work for you. So for example, when I was a wedding photographer, I couldn't see how to connect the dots. Like a service-based business, you're serving clients once, they're hopefully only getting married once, what does this look like? But my email list set expectations for people through the content I was sharing. So I'd be like, five things to consider when planning your summer Wisconsin wedding five wedding venues that you want to explore in Milwaukee. Should you do a first look or not on your wedding day? The perfect summer timeline for your Wisconsin wedding day. And I was attracting in all these people that were in the planning stages before they made their purchasing decisions, showing up, serving them content and helping them qualify themselves as potential customers. The cool thing about email marketing is unlike social media, where your post lives and dies within 24 hours, if you're lucky, a lot of the content that you create for email marketing is evergreen. You can be promoting these things five months from now, a year from now, and still growing your list and serving your list through automation, again, running while you rest. So I just love it. It's been so transformative for me, and it's the best place that I can spend my precious time.
1: Let's dig one more layer into the content. Let's go. How, how have you decided, like, for example, there was a jump that you made there from they are, here are the five lists, the five things yeah. and understanding that what you're doing is you're actually cultivating a sphere of a, an audience that will at some point be interested in whatever it is that you, either you're selling or the lifestyle that you are building for yourself or yeah. And where do those ideas come from?
0: Yeah, I mean, now you could get them from ChatGPT. What's amazing is, is that, think about this, for so many people listening, they don't need hundreds of clients. They don't need thousands of purchasers. When I was a wedding photographer, I needed 20 people to say yes to me. And I didn't want just anybody. I wanted people that I enjoyed, people that really valued and respected me. And I think what's happened with marketing, especially with social media, is it feels like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. We've lost this touch point of not trying to be everything for everyone, but really reaching the right people at the right time with the right message. And so my business was really fueled by referrals. It was fueled by really preconditioning people to make them feel like this is the person for me. I can have no one else do my wedding. And that has followed me through, whether it's through online courses or through the podcast or through the book. And so it's really interesting because if you think about it, most entrepreneurs are sending 30, 40, 50 emails a day. What would it take to send one strategic email per week? one strategic email per month. It wouldn't take a lot of forethought, but it would allow you to impact people in a much deeper way. And it's really interesting because the average email purchase is $40. Like as in people are in their inbox ready to purchase. People are on social media to be entertained. So if you're trying to close sales on social media, you're in the wrong place. Social media should be the connection, the handshake, the invitation. Email should be where you're actually making the pitch and driving the real results. And so I think we've got it twisted. Because how many people are saying, I hate selling on social media. Like, you shouldn't be selling there. You're in the wrong place.
1: It's so true. And let's talk a little bit about the relationship that you have developed with the people. Oh, my gosh. Your list. Yeah. And, and I believe that most people who are listening right now think that if they don't have half a million people on their email list that they can't make.
0: I don't have a half million people on my email list. My first launch that I did, I made $50,000 selling an online course and my email list was 330 people. It doesn't take a lot. One of my my students, her name is Rachel, and she had posted yesterday. So she had said this. I wrote it down because I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. So she had said that she has a six-figure business and she said, I am obsessed with serving my list. I have 366 people on my email list. I'm excited to implement big shifts. I love showing up for them. It's so different because with email, you are able to get insights and data. People are able to have a voice in it. Social media is like screaming into the void. With email marketing, people can hit reply. Like A lot of our emails will end and say like, please hit reply. This isn't a robot. This is a real human on the other side. Like I want to learn more about you. It's this direct line. And so it's really interesting because um, right before our call, I did a call with my small team and we were talking about like, okay, what is our email marketing plan for July? And 90% of our emails are focused on serving and connecting people to the content that we're already creating. So if you're a content creator, this is the people where you're like, Hey, I just recorded this killer podcast episode. Go check it out. Or I wrote this awesome blog post. Go check it out. It gets more eyes and connection with people. But at the same point too, it drives massive results. And Mm so you can, like when I email, like let's say I'm working on an email, like I might envision you chase, not 330 subscribers, I might be thinking, what does Chase need? I know Chase is in this transition in his life. I know he's pivoting. Maybe I can just reach out to Chase and send him five questions to ask himself today to have more clarity or things like that. And so it's not necessarily about selling, selling, selling. It's about serving so that you can then sell, but it's not that complicated. In fact, I think it's really fun.
1: So I want to get real tactical. Yeah. Tell us Like right now there are people saying, cool, I'm, I'm intrigued. And I will also underscore this point that you're making in the macro, which is all of the most, I would say again, successful and fulfilled solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, understand what you are saying and live it. This is all of my closest friends that um, have built an amazing life. And I can say, I think all. Yeah. If not all, then it's crazy high percentage have a relationship with a smaller subset of people than they have in their social sphere, yep, that makes the life the living whenever they you know publish a book or you know share an online course or and and this is the mechanism for that, so yeah. in case you people out there are wondering like, well, okay, cool, I'm buying it, but like how important is it it's it's mission critical okay, yeah. so that's that's i'm I'm I want to underscore your point now thing two is you have a course that again i miss mentioned list to launch give us the specifics so that anyone who's listening can get into it
0: yeah okay so i I love online courses. Chase, I feel like you are like the godfather. Like you could be the godfather of my courses because I probably wouldn't have even stepped my toe into this world having not understood creative live existed and it was a possibility to learn on the internet. Um, But what's amazing is, is I recently just recorded the whole thing from scratch. I said, let's just literally start from the ground up because there are so many new things happening in email marketing and my strategy has gotten refined. Now, what I love is, is that I, in my courses, it is entirely fluff free. Like I don't talk about myself at all because it's not about me. It's about your results. So just like I said, strategy, implementation, and analysis, those are the three main things. But we did something really cool this year. So I broke out a million different templates. So any sort of sequence or series that you might need within your business, whether it's a welcome sequence or emails that sell or emails that serve, we built out a bunch of templates. But I took it a step further we grow my email list by thousands every single week. So I invited in every person on my team who has helped in that to share a next level strategy. I feel like there are a lot of amazing beginner things and I think always start at the beginning. We have the person who runs my chat automation teaching how we're adding over 1000 new subscribers every single week from Instagram. So again, connecting the dots we have someone who created a quiz for me that generated a hundred thousand new subscribers teaching you how she built out my exact quiz we have my copywriter showing how she writes sequences that sell we have uh, my web designer showing how she builds out landing pages that convert so like I it's not just me like I have never just said like this is just me and this is all my success it's because of these incredible wise women in my life and so we not only cover all the basics of what is a landing page how do I make a PDF. How do I deliver this on autopilot? But we also show this is exactly how we have been able to double, triple, quadruple our business. Um, one of my good friends, we always say like, if I wanted to double my business tomorrow, I would double my email list. If I can double my email list, I can double my business. And so that's how we've always been looking at this. And so I am just on fire for email marketing. I have been yeah. since 2017. I won't stop talking about it because I just worry that people don't have the security required to have the longevity that entrepreneurship asks them to have because they are operating on other platforms that they cannot control.
1: Again, this, the, this sort of like the dirtiest secret is every person who has this life that you are trying to build, who is an yeah. entrepreneur, a and I keep saying every and that's not real. I'm sure it's like 90, but it's a crazy high percentage. They are passionate about email. Yeah. yeah, most people that I know do not talk as overtly as you do about it. Like, yeah. this is a thing, I love, yep. it. love it, and, and I, if you're in my community, you have to know how hard I work at it, and that this is a goal, and and so there's this meta narrative that you've got going on. You're talking about it, You're you're passionate about it, and that is, in fact, the mechanism through which you communicate this information, largely, mm-hmm. to your community, and- yeah. It has an, an absolutely endearing effect. And there are people in my life who have massive email lists. Yeah. And they very rarely talk about it, but it's the it is the thing that when
0: it's the fuel.
1: It is the fuel. And mm-hmm. I'm telling the people who are listening that when you know we're sitting having lunch talking about, you know, a future launch or where they're struggling or whatever, we're talking about the damn email
0: list. Totally. 100%. We are, these, these are
1: this is what people don't believe. They're yeah. like Oh yeah, it's a nice thing. It's not no, this is like the engine. So if if we can take for granted for a moment that this is true and that you are talking openly about it. Yeah. Why is it that you have been able to find success by talking about the actual mechanism that you are communicating with your people about? Like it's it seems yeah. to me like there's it's I can't I you've <laughs> done it so elegantly.
0: Oh. I'm curious. Well, It's because I genuinely care. Like I, I see people and it's like they're jumping out of a plane without a parachute. It's like if the sky were falling, I would be running around telling everyone. And it's funny, Chase, because the first time that I launched this email list building course way back years ago, it was my worst launch in my career and my happiest launch ever because I was like, if even two people subscribe to this and they start growing their list, it will make a massive difference. It was truly like this deep belief of like, I am not going to shut up about this until people finally understand this. I know that it's not as sexy or flashy as like the candy colored apps that we spend so much time on, but we have to start staking our claim in what we're building and we have to build it on something solid. And so it's funny because like I... I get so riled up about it because I have so many friends who are content creators or podcast hosts or they're influencers. And if Instagram went down for a day, their whole business would go down. And I knew that feeling, that feeling of being trapped within something you've built when I did that as a wedding photographer. And it's like, if I can help people avoid that and have that more intimate connection, like the, Mm -hmm. how are you really connection that we're all craving in this life, it is only going to enrich your life in every aspect possible.
1: Well, I hope that, again, I keep referring to those listeners right now. And to me, that, like when people wonder if this is possible for them, yeah. not only is it possible, but it is a way to like building this life is once you start, it's sort of like you can't stop because it feels good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can give a piece of advice that helped you go from not doing it yeah. to doing it. Just yeah. Again, we're zooming way back out now because, yeah. okay, I, I, it, you, you ought to, to en- enroll in the class. You ought to get the book. These are two things that, and our audiences are very good at taking our recommendations. Yeah. But I'm still – let's go back now. Like There are doubters. There are people like, I can't do it or I'll do it tomorrow or, yeah, but I'm different because I don't have anything Mm -hmm. interesting to say. Yeah. So fill in that gap for us.
0: I felt the same way. The first time I ever hired a business coach, he asked me, how big is your list? And I actually thought he was talking about my to-do list. I literally (laughs) – Literally, I was like, it's very long. And then he kept saying, What about your email list? And I said, Let me point you to my Instagram. He goes, No, 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 it's all in your list. It's all in your list. And that day, I started feverishly figuring out what is this list and how do I do it? And I understand that feeling. I also understand the feeling of like, What am I even going to say? And when do I say it? And what if I like miss a week? And what's going to happen? And all of those fears. All of those things have been proven time and time again to not matter because you have this line of communication that is so much more personalized, that is reaching people when they are ready to make decisions, and that is allowing you to connect no matter what at the drop of a hat and land in inboxes without questioning if the algorithm is going to eat your ability to reach the right people. So if I haven't convinced you yet, I have a free webinar. It is amazing. It's called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I walk through every type of business from product-based, service-based, content-based, influencer-based, and I show you how it works because I, again, am so passionate about people having this critical direct line to help fuel whatever is next for them and to have a list that they can launch to. So if you want to save your seat for that, jennacutcher.com forward slash chase, you can sign up. It's absolutely free. I promise to not waste your time because we've all been on webinars that suck. This is not one of those. So jennacutcher.com forward slash chase. And I just want to walk you through this even further and show you exactly how to do this and get started regardless of if you purchase my program or not.
1: And the book is amazing. Mm-hmm. A New York Times bestseller. bestseller. Yeah. Um, I would love for you all to support. First, again, I think if you haven't taken the bait yet, this is legitimately the most important thing that most people who want to build the life that they see others living where they are not trading their time for money is in email. Um, Got to say, I got to get another shout out to the book more than a thousand five-star ratings on Amazon. How are you really? Which literally came out the the day that I was like, I can't actually tell people how I am right now because yeah. I am over the freaking moon. And I'm supposed to be sad now because yeah. my entrepreneurial journey with Creative Live is over. I'm like, I'm doing the jig in the background and I can't say it. And it's the opposite of most people because most people yeah. think if you're a two, you need the help. I was a 10, but I couldn't say it because I wasn't supposed to. And Yes. You know the your your book was very very helpful and incredibly well timed. Highly recommend. And you steered us to JennaKutcher.com. We yep. know about the book and the in the course. Is there anywhere else that you would point? Yeah. This this posse of people who are like, you know it was just like waiting to to dive in. Where else? Well,
0: if you love Chase's show, just like I do, then I would invite you to listen to the Gold Digger podcast. It's G-O-A-L. We're not gold digging, we're gold digging. And uh, I love to go deep on these marketing strategies, but we also talk about how the marketing can fuel the life that you want. And so I would love to invite you over to my show as well, which I think you will love knowing that you're a part of this community.
1: And I'll just give a shout out for Gold Digger, which is there's a, a bunch of topics which are parallel, like the entrepreneurial journey. You talk a lot about ADHD and some of the, you know, there's all kinds yeah. of, um, parallel things that are, that, that accompany this journey that we're on. Of course we need to find out how to connect more with our customers and build a business we love, but it's not, not hard. Yeah, And you share a lot of your, you're great at sharing. And, um, so that's my personal plug for the show again, thousands of, um, five-star ratings. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Thanks very, very grateful. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep tabs on you. I don't get out to Minnesota. All that I'm not
0: going <laughs> to say see you in a decade. I'm going to say see you soon because so much has happened. And just thank you for the role that you have played in my journey, I feel like so exposed in the best way to some of the things that absolutely, without a doubt, changed my life. So, thank you for being a pivotal piece of that. This has been so awesome.
1: So grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. A year later, we made it happen. That's right. Congratulations Woo! on all the success since then and beyond. Signing off for for myself for Jenna. Uh, just give a shout out to all y'all out there who are working hard, taking swipes at uh, living the dream. And until next time, we both bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us and hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing the show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.